Will the merger of two cycling galacticos be a jumbo step for cycling kind? I'm Gary, it's the 30th of September 2023 and this is the Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast, powered by vivelavello.cc. Welcome everybody to another Saturday supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast powered by vivelavello.cc Well, I guess there's there's only one topic of conversation uh, this weekend anyway uh, after a week um, and more of speculation about the potential merger of teams Jumbo Visma and Sudal Quickstep um, It looks like the game is afoot and it's actually going to happen um, It's... As I said, the rumours have been circulating for a while. Um, Jumbo, um, obviously earlier in the year, announced that they were going to be stepping away from sports sponsorship, which left uh, Roger Pluger, um, the general manager at uh, Jumbo, Jumbo Visma, looking for a, another title sponsor. Um, but we knew that Patrick Lefebvre was looking to to get out and to, to retire and sell um, his, his interests in, in Sudal Quickstep. Um, so there was a kind of perfect storm brewing for for uh, rumours and conspiracy. Um, and yeah, the, the story um, gathered pace over, over the last week and we, Patrick Lefebvre is actually writing in Het Newsblad today, uh, giving us a little bit more on the inside track. Um, but things got terribly exciting yesterday, Friday, where it was announced, or the rumours appeared. It was announced. No announcements have been made, have they? But uh, Amazon suddenly entered the fray um, as, a, as a non-title sponsor, um, potentially with somewhere in the region of 15 million euros to to throw at the project. Um, yeah, my, my silence, <laughs> my silence speaks volumes. It's, um, is the merger of two major teams a good thing um, for the sport? It's pro- is it probably not. It's not as if Jumbo Visma need quick step, Sudal Quickstep to you know, have any unfinished business in any way, shape or form in cycling. Um, we, we heard like, when the rumours started they were going to compete with the likes of Team Ineos Grenadiers. Now, come on with the, the best will in the world. Um, it's not 2014 anymore. Um, Ineos, um, I'm sure even by their own admissions and their own standards, have been fairly lacklustre, um, at least at GC level the last couple of seasons, while Team Jumbo Visma have pretty much swept everything before them. Um, so it's, you know, it's not necessarily a competitive arrangement. Does anybody benefit? I don't know. Um, it's, you know, it'd be easy to go, oh, it's the end of the world and it's going to be really bad for cycling. Um, it's We've got a huge cy- cycling team um already in place you know one was very much you know at the top of the game quick step and all its heritage and all its history um and all its success is is a team that is perhaps um not exactly hasn't exactly fallen on you know hard times we've got Remco Evnepol in the team you know um so I don't know I, I don't know what's in it for everybody um we understand that uh, letters of intent have been 
signed between the the, the two management uh, companies who own the the uh, the UCI World Tour licenses, uh, um, and the UCI have been informed. Now they've got until the fifteenth of October to pretty much get the paperwork sorted. As as does every team looking for to to have a new or a renewed World Tour license for twenty twenty four. Um, so they've got still got a fortnight to get uh, their, their proverbial together. Um, the the entry of Amazon seems to have muddied the water. Certainly, as far as Patrick Lefebvre's concerned. Um, he said that with um, with Visma um, and Sudal and Quickstep together, everybody could kind of have a, an equal slice of the pie, an equal influence in the in the team for twenty twenty four. But uh, Lefebvre's words seem to suggest that uh, one that the Amazon weren't really in the frame a week ago. Um, so this has all come a bit late in the day, or a bit out of left field, um, and it sounds like there's potentially a bit of too many cooks. Um, to spoil the, the the proverbial broth, um, so it's you know it's it's an arrangement that clearly you know, the the wheels are in motion. Oh ho ho! These hilarious cycling, but but yeah, the 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 business side is obviously underway. Um, but what is going to mean in practice, we don't know. And obviously, it has um, it has implications um, for a lot of things. It's for the sport as a whole, what's going to happen? Does this mean there's going to be a spare world tour license for next season? Um, this morning, it would appear unclear um, if um, that would become available. Um, I think uh, Lotto Destiny had, had contacted the UCI, um, and the suggestion was that um, no, um, that the, the license wouldn't become available um, for 2024. Um, like everything. At this time of the year, it's shrouded in mystery and half truths and rumor, um, so we just we don't know what the, the world, the the men's world tour, um, is going to look like for next season. Um, but it also, I guess, we've got two women's teams um, are involved here as well, and there are, are stakeholders in this, um, the AG Insurance Quick Step and obviously Team Jumbo Visma, um, so two you know, fairly hefty women's teams um, might be thinking, wait a minute, what, what, no, nobody's mentioned us yet. Um, so, yeah, as ever, uh, you'll know, come to the Saturday supplement for more questions and you'll get answers, but I think we're all pretty much in the same boat um, at the moment. Um, however, speaking of women's cycling, um, here at Cycling Legends Podcast, we hear that uh, Britain's first ever under-23 women's team is closer to becoming a reality. Uh, I tweeted, and Chris Sidwell's had tweeted during the week, um, some links to uh, a new site that's emerged over the last seven days, women's UT, u23cycling.com. Um, give it a look, I'll link it in the show notes, but it's very much a placeholder for uh, a new team which um, is aiming to compete in a UK, uh, domestic and European race programme in 2024. Uh, which is pretty exciting. We think this is the first time that's ever happened. Um, it's going to be a performance pathway um, as well as you know, having a race programme. Um, they're going to offer things like athlete support. And, you know, all the, th- the things that you that we criticise riders for being rubbish at, you're dealing with the media and handling sponsors um, and, and adapting to the lifestyle of uh, a pro cyclist because people just want to ride their bike. Um, this new team is going to engage and manage all of that for the riders. Um, and it, it says on the website that it's going to be you know, a true apprenticeship for aspiring and talented 
under 23 uh, women riders um, and this is hugely exciting you know, this this doesn't exist and there is a chasm between junior and elite um, particularly at the, uh, on the women's side of the sport um, so we're really pretty excited here to, to learn about this the team um, and you know the building blocks are in place and a few things need to happen um, but this is going to be a reality so go over to women's u23cycling.com um, and you can sign up for the updates there um, it looks yeah it just looks really exciting and I, and I hope you can hear that in my voice Continuing the theme of more questions than answers um, that we started earlier, um, questions uh, around Primoz Roglic, um, the three times Vuelta and the 2023 Giro winner, and until very recently, Team Jumbo Visma, uh, blue-eyed boy, um, it's been announced this week that he'll be allowed to leave the team um, at the end of the season, which is two years earlier. Um, than expected. He was signed. Uh, he was contracted until twenty twenty five. The caveat here being that anybody um, taking him on for for next season and beyond would be forced to to buy out his contract from Jumbo Visma, um, which is probably the nearest thing you'll get to a transfer fee um, in professional cycling. So maybe that's no bad thing. Um, the you know the usual suspects. Um, get mentioned as being you know front runners to sign him um needle trek who are, you know he's probably the last rider that they haven't signed for uh, for next season um and movistar were two names in the frame uh, movistar have subsequently um said that the, the, they haven't been approached or they haven't made an approach and would expect him to be riding for a competitor next season um if this was world football, that would, that would usually mean that a contract had been signed for five years or something. Um, but yeah, there, there's still there's going to be a question mark over that. Um, it's I kind of feel for Roglic. It's it's almost like it's it, the wheels have fallen off um, since I mean, guess since twenty twenty at the, the the Tour de France, um, and it's it's not as if he suddenly became a rubbish cyclist. Yeah, he's he's a you're one of the best Grand Tour, one of the best bike racers in the world. Um, and yet Jonas Vingegaard has um, become the top dog um, at uh, Team Jumbo Visma. Um, and actually it makes me think that the, the events of, of the Vuelta and Sepp Kuss coming to the fore as being a genuine GC contender. Um, does this mean, going back to the earlier story... Um, would the Amazon money that we spoke about, this 15 million euros or so that's rumoured to be um, in the offing, you know, is would their involvement be dependent on Kuss being given, you know, if not equal billing, then at least being the other um, GC leader for the team uh, going forward? Um, so yeah, there you go. There's, there's speculation on my part, putting two and two together and coming up with a, um, a slightly different number. Um, but it does feel just a little bit shabby, um for Roglic, um, he's he spent you know pretty much his his whole world tour career, eight seasons, um, and seventy three wins with the various incarnations, um, of Jumbo Visma and Lotto thing Jumbo Lotto NL whatever they were called, um, back in twenty sixteen, um, so this is going to be one that's going to run and run, um, until, <laughs> um, we find a new home for Primos, so. Uh, you know, there's there've been a few jokes about your know, continental teams and so on signing them and yeah it's all very funny but I, I, you know the guy's is he thirty one he's by no means past it um, 
and it would be a real shame um, if he didn't have a um, you know a, a high level berth um, for 2024. Um, but then again, we don't know what he wants. Um, you know, as long as you're happy, Primoz, I think that's that's all we can ask for um, next season. But yeah, it just seems a bit weird that you're going to let a guy go who's won you four Grand Tours um, and countless stage wins um, and really put the team uh, on the map. Um, so yeah, an odd one, but uh, good luck, Primoz. We, we, we will be watching closely. So last week uh, was the conclusion of the, the European Continental Championships. I don't know, we, we were talking about this in the feed zone last Sunday. Um, I'm not really sure how much credence the rest of the universe gives to, to their Continental Championships. I, mean, I think the Pan American Championships are largely met um, by by indifference, um, certainly from uh, US cycling fans. However, the uh, the, the Euros c- concluded last week uh, in Drontha in, in the Netherlands. Um, effectively run on the circuits of the, the Ronde van Drenthe, um, the, the Vamberg circuit. Um, and yeah, great racing. Um, I'm just going to skim over the results because there is a theme emerging in world cycling at the moment. Um, last Saturday saw the women's race, which was uh, a, a Dutch 1-2 um, on the podium. Misha Vredevolder uh, and Lorena Wiebes um, edging out Lotte Kapeki. Um, which is unremarkable, you might think. Yeah, that, that's a kind of result you might expect. Um, but here we go again. It's another team, one, two, three. Um, all three riders riding for um, SD Works. Um, and on the, the Wednesday before the race, um, SD Works rider uh, Marlon Reusser um, of Switzerland took the individual time trial. Um, so, you know, utter dominance um, from a trade team um, at the uh, you know at a, an international level. Um, like that, uh, the best of the rest were uh, Pfeiffer Georgie, um, DSM's British rider, and Italy's Sylvia Persico, who you know, her day job is with UAE Team ADQ. Um, and it was deja vu all over again in the men's race, where Christophe Laporte, France, um, edged out Walter van Aert of Belgium and Olaf Coy of the Netherlands. And which team do they ride for? Yes, Jumbo Visma. Um, the, the the next um, <laughs> the best of the normal people was Lotto Destinies and Belgium's Arnaud de Lee. Um, so I know I you know, we talk in the men's men's cycle about whether was it a bad thing that Jumbo Visma are so dominant was the the uh, you know the one two three at the Vuelta um, a, a terrible thing was you know, um and yet. You know, the contrast being that, you know, here, here's me, SD Works fanboy, um, thinks that an SD Works 1, 2, 3 is still a joy to behold. Um, and again, it comes back to my, my theme, or, or at least my, my lazy get out that, uh, you know, cycling fandom um, and reporting is largely about, <laughs> about personalities. Um, and yet, well, actually, it's largely about kit. Um, I don't really like the Yumbo Visma kit. I think I've said that before. Um, but, Give me Canyon Sram, give me SD Works, um, and yeah, I'm I'm there. So yeah, I'm I'm easily bought. Have a nice jersey, um, and I'll pretty much let you away with anything. I think that's the, I think that's the the, the theme that's emerging here. Now 
now those of you who follow me or follow the Cycling Legends one feed on the uh, on the socials will uh, know that it's been um, it's quite a busy uh, a few days and a busy weekend coming up on the Cycling Legends podcast feeds uh, on the subscriber feed we already have uh, the first part of Richard's Hour which is the story of uh, Richard Oakes who was a successful junior racer um, before following a highly successful career in business um, I'd returned to competitive cycling um, in 2019. Just really is a, an exercise to see just how fast he can go. Um, this year, uh, Richard has made an attempt at the, the Masters uh, Hour World Record uh, in Grenchen in Switzerland. Um, and we are running a three-part series, um, Richard documenting his preparation um, and the attempt on the record um, itself. Um I, I have had all other than producing the shows I have had no involvement and um, so I'm not I'm not too biased in saying it's an absolutely cracking listen um, and if you're not uh, already signed up you can do so at cyclinglegendspodcast.com um, £3.50 a month will buy you Richard's Hour and everything that we've got going back a couple of years um, interviews, features, uh, my life in five bikes, history shows—you name it, it's all there. Um, and there's no, you know, there's no contract. You're not, you're not like Primo Roglic. There's no, no contract. Um, you can release yourself from it at any time. Um, and but Richard Dower, I think, is worth the entrance money alone. Um, part two will be getting published this uh, over the weekend, um, and then we'll put the final part out next week. Also on the subscriber feed is Cycling Legends Live. Um, Chris Sidwell's um, interviewed um, a, a motley gang of legends, actual cycling legends, um, at the very recent Tom Simpson Memorial um, Ride and, and sorry Retro Ride and Cycling Festival at Haworth um, in Yorkshire. Um, and just great chat with. British cycling stalwarts like Les West, Keith Lambert, Sid Barris, um, Denise Burton Cole, um, she's got a famous mum, you know, um, and the Downing Brothers. Um, it's cracking, it's the thick end of two hours, um, and it's again, um, you know, I wasn't involved, Chris did all the hard work, um, but it's just a great listen, um, and I would urge you, if you haven't already downloaded it or if you haven't signed up, um, head over to cyclinglegendspodcast.com. Um, we've also got the feed zone. It's a busy weekend. Feed zone. Myself, Chris, um, and David will be convening um, a week early because uh, holidays beckon for the, the cycling legends team. Um, so we've got a, a, an extra feed zone uh, coming out this Sunday or tomorrow. Um, where, amongst other things, we will be looking back at the career of Peter Sagan. Um, it's been more than thirteen years since that. Uh, that kid um, took the, the tour of California by storm um, on his way to 121 career wins, three rainbow jerseys, and three mile there uh, from the Tour de France. Um, so yeah, that's that's going to be a good chat, and we we we, we get together every two weeks um, and kind of put the world to rights and and give you our recommendations and things to to listen to and to buy and you know, whatever. Um, it's a good chat um, and it's very much, um, it's definitely worth your time. And, and yes, I am hugely biased. So this has been the Saturday Supplement from the Second Legends podcast powered by vivlavella.cc. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the show this week. This is going to be the last one for a couple of weeks um, as I am going on a, a somewhat belated um, summer holiday. 
Um, so if my house gets burgled, I know it was you. So don't think, uh, don't you know, don't try anything. Um, if you've liked uh, what you've been hearing, drop us a line, cyclinglegendspodcast at gmail.com. Um, you'll also find us on the iTunes store. You'll find um, us on Spotify and basically everywhere. So if you get a chance, leave us a review. Um, tell us what you think or get in touch um, you can also follow the show on X at Cycling Legends 1 uh, you can follow me on X on threads on Instagram you name it at the Gary Fairley in the meantime thanks for your company I hope you've enjoyed the Saturday Supplement and I'll speak to you again soon on the Cycling Legends podcast <laughs>